head into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Spoiler Room. Thank you for venturing down the stairs and pulling up a chair to join us to talk about, yes, as you may have guessed, the hot movie of the week. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, uh, starring Brie Larson as the title character and directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And I've got a great crew assembled here to talk about captain marvel first off he's back in the spoiler room we have the lovely andrew Shearer. how are you tonight sir ah uh, wonderful mark wonderful to be on your show <laughs> hello paul lamont nice to be here hello there yeah, talk about some superheroes you guys everybody be nice <laughs> wow um, I don't know who that is, but um, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm, I'm serious. So. You need to check check your your yeah. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so glad to have you, Andrew. I'm trying to sound uh, legitimate. I'm just fucking up. <laughs> no, you did sound legitimate, but it was scary because I was like, <laughs> it's just scary. Too legit. Okay. Too legit to quit. Oh, <laughs> no. I just did. I just did the finger sign too. I apologize God. for for please, please, Paul, don't hurt him. And yes, we have the bow, we have the bow tie man himself in the house tonight. It is Mr. Paul Salzer. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I'll keep it at that. <laughs> Glad to have you back in the spoiler room, sir. And next to Paul, yes, the horror miser has returned. He is with us tonight. It is Lamont. Hello, Mott. How are you today, sir? What's going on? What's going on? Nice to be back here in the spoiler room. Going to have some fun talking about this one. Oh, I imagine, uh, considering I, well, I think my panel here completely is more versed in comic books than myself. Uh, so this will be definitely interesting uh, tonight. So uh, I think we'll give it to Paul. All right. Because, uh, yeah, you've got some practice now with your radio show. Give the synopsis of okay. MCU's Captain Marvel. All right. It is the next uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, film. And it takes place in the mid-90s, uh, before many of the events uh, of the other films in the universe. And it does star Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, who is an uh, ex-Air Force pilot, who finds herself caught between the forces of the Kree Empire and a shape-changing race called the Skrull. And uh, what's really neat about this film is because it's set in the mid-90s, we get to see Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg reprised younger versions of the characters from the cinematic universe, and that's Nick Fury and Agent Coulson, respectively. So uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, I did well. Well, you did. Did you have that written up or whatever? Because it sounded like you had that kind of rehearsed. Uh, I probably milled it over in my head. Ah. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I wanted to like do in a review for myself. 
Oh, sure. So, yeah. Well, I, I, that was a very good synopsis of the film. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, now I've, I've watched Elise Lamont's review, but I still want to go down the line. We're just going to do like we always do, just get the initial kind of feelings when the credits rolled on Captain Marvel. And then we're going to dive deep into uh, this hero as well as some of the other points of this film as well. We'll probably uh, also talk into the stuff that's kind of surrounding the film as well. So Lamont credits roll on Captain Marvel. And how did you feel? Well, I'll say this. I was entertained by the film. So it's an entertaining film. Uh, it has good and bad moments in the film. The good part, obviously, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is obviously the best thing in this film. Uh, I love the fact how they how he uh, interacts, uh, how he actually reacts to seeing aliens and uh, superheroes for the first time. You can see that he doesn't he doesn't get scared. He doesn't Welsh. He actually makes jokes, and you can see how that how his character starts out and how he eventually becomes the head of Shield. So I like his his portrayal of which of. Of Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Free Larson. Free yeah. <laughs> <Brie> Larson. Free <laughs> Larson. Uh, she was okay. <laughs> and I don't fault her. As mm-hmm. I said in my review, I think it's more of the story than the actress. I think that what, how she portrays herself, I'm pretty sure she probably must have said, I look like a stiff board i look wooden i have no emotions i look like i'm about to kick ass almost every time when i stare at the screen but for some reason they wanted her to be that way i'm I'm going to say it was more on the fact of the directors and the screen and the screenwriters Mm -hmm. that made the story be this way instead of brie larson herself because we all know brie larson can act she was great in the room you know there's simply no way in the world that that's what made it and like i said because of that at parts, it was boring. It was not exciting. Uh, I was waiting for something to happen, but it was like, okay, it's the same thing. She she tries to make some jokes in in parts of the film, but I did like her interactions between with definitely the best parts of the film is between her and Nick Fury, between her and Samuel Jackson. They they really had great chemistry together. I also liked her and the uh, Monica Rambeau character. I thought they mm-hmm. had great chemistry together. But from other parts of the film, like I said, boring, stiff, static, <laughs> no emotion. It, it and actually, there's no and, and there's no character development. You know, it's like, you know, when we get to see some we do get to see some good fighting, but we don't care because we're not excited because we don't care enough about the character. And, and we'll get into that a little bit because uh, I saw that you did have that on your inter, uh, your review. And uh, I think I, I have a couple points to that that I want to discuss with you on that because I think uh uh, I, I think you, you make some valid points, but I think there is still a reason why uh, Captain Marvel was the way she was uh, uh-huh. as far as into the story. But no, you make some excellent points. And, and yes, Sam Jackson, especially uh, always great to see him on screen. So, uh, uh-huh. Paul, how about you with uh, the film when it credits rolled on Captain Marvel? So uh, full disclosure to the audience, I am a really big fan of Carol Danvers, she is my favorite superhero. Okay. Uh, so I, it's impossible for me to hate this character. I'm <laughs> super, super biased uh, <laughs> because you know I, I've I've loved Carol Danvers. I loved her as Miss Marvel. I loved her as Captain Marvel. And to 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 be excited about watching this film 
Uh, it, it's really, really difficult. And again, I, I'm, I apologize. I'm super biased. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, the, the, the critic side, I, I'm going to take a step back and I, I will say in my critics voice that, uh, this is a great, uh, Marvel cinematic movie. Uh, it fits their storyline. It fits their direction of way they handle their characters. And, uh, but if you were the, uh, a comic book, you want, you want that purist type comic book thing. This is not going to be the movie for you. Uh, because this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they make changes, but they still cover a lot of the. They, they still pay respect to the source material. They pick out things that they enjoy, and then they incorporate that into their version. Uh, so I do warn people that haven't watched that, uh, watch this film. You should go out and watch it. But uh, if you haven't watched it and you're a super uh, purist comic book fan, you probably won't like this film. Uh, and uh, if you're just a, a person that's watched uh, like 10 years worth of Marvel Cinematic uh, films, I think you're going to enjoy this, especially I think younger kids are going to enjoy this as well. The only thing that I, I thought was bad about this film was that they made one plot choice, which uh, kind of uh, handicapped them or, or hamstrung them throughout the entire thing. Then that, that one choice was to do the whole amnesia bit, and I think that made all of the decisions in the film. It made Brie Larson's character have to act a certain way every through every scene. And I, I just thought that that one choice really dictated how this film worked. And that was the only complaint I had about this film. So, oh, there nice. it is. Cool. Oh, well said. And uh, Andrew, how about you with uh, Captain Marvel when the credits rolled? Hey, what was the last Marvel movie before this one? Uh, that would have been Ant Man uh, and Wasp. Ant Man and Wasp. I liked yeah. Ant-Man a while. What was the one before that? That was, was the last Inf Avenger. Infinity War. I have, man, that movie. <laughs> I, I left halfway through that shit. And I was really oh. only there to see more Black Ooh. Panther stuff. You know? I just walked out. I you know, I was like, y'all are selling toys to these kids. Y'all are selling pajamas to these kids. Putting them on cereal boxes and shit. And then y'all are going to go make a depressing-ass movie where you murder them all. I was like, you know, fuck y'all. <laughs> Who are these movies for? All right. When I went to see Captain Marvel, there was girls dressed up in the costume. It was kids in there. So I was like, oh, you all better don't you fucking dare do another Avenger like that. Let's let's see a fun movie now. You owe it to me and you owe it to the kids too, you assholes. While they're buying all your toys and shit, Disney. And I know Disney likes to like ruin children's lives. They got a history of that. I know that. But I'm like, enough. Okay, two and three, four hour movie. You know, just give us some, you know, let's have a good time. Because you know little girls are going to it, right? They were pumped. I had an awesome time. I thought it was so cool. I just I just wanted to see her punch the shit out of people and they fly across the room. Really, it could have been all that and I would have loved it, you know? <laughs> just like, you know, play, st start a song by whatever Lilith Fair artist that, you know, pick, take your pick, Cheryl Crow, Lance Morissette, and just have her beat people. I don't care. Like, that would have been fine for the movie to me, so it was all good after that. <laughs> um, if I was going to have a criticism for me, just as a, a fan of, of, you know, like movies or whatever, stories about women that are not a romance, I would have liked to see um, the story of her and um, Rambo be a, a little bit more in the front seat, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, as a fan of, like... 90s movies and stuff i gotta say yeah, that once they had her and sam samuel l jackson in the car together 
I kept thinking about Long Kiss Goodnight. This was one of my favorite 90s movies. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right, we can. Too. Right. And I was like, man, you know, we could lay here for a while and I'd be okay too, right? You know, <laughs> if he, you know, but um, mostly I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't leave and I didn't, you know, leave being mad at him. I thought it was great for kids to see. But I also was like, man, you know, it'd be cool next Nick Fury movie. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. You know? He was great, but I always, I think the last time we were on here, I was talking about how Glass was my favorite, uh, you know, my, the only thing I really liked about Glass was was him and that, so, yeah, man, I, I don't, you know, I, I, had a, I had a good time, but mostly it looked like kids were having a good time, and to me, you know, that was that was the best part. Yeah, that's, that's really what's, uh, I think, important, and I think uh, many lose kind of focus for some of these movies that, you know, it's like... Yes, uh, many of us, uh, many folks have grown up with these characters through their childhood or whatnot. Uh, but you have a whole new generation here who's not really experienced these before or read the, much of the comics. So, you know, you, how do you balance, you know, feeding the original fans, but yet maybe pulling in those young fans? And, you know, for this one, uh, when I went to see it, yeah, there were a lot of young kids in the audience. They were digging it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I found it very entertaining. Um, you know, e even with, uh, I had actually gotten some, uh, really not so great news beforehand, uh, before the film, but it was a great escape. Uh, you know, it, and it gave me what I wanted. It, it was entertaining. Now, as some of the criticism, I, I can see uh, the angle of it and, and where it's coming from, but, you know, I, I kind of posted on Facebook as well. I had seen some people pointing it down almost as a negative going, well, the film was good, but not great. And I'm like, it, it was good. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, Lamont, you even said, I mean, as much as you had some problems with the characters, you were still entertained. And I'm like sitting here going, yeah. I, you know, I'm sitting here going, that's the main point of the film for a main <laughs> audience is to entertain. Yeah, and people, because... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's because a couple of my YouTube friends, uh, YouTube uh, uh, creators, the main uh, one guy, Lee McCoy, said that it, the main thing he wants to do is just to be entertained by the picture. And I agree. It's just like I'm not worried about any type of message or whatever they're trying to do because it's not to me it's not that type of film. My main thing is like, first of all, I want to make sure that I'm entertained by the movie. That's mm -hmm. my main thing I want to do is to be entertained by it. Yeah. Hey, Paul, let me ask you a question, man. Sure. The character of Carol Danvers, is this a flawless, perfect person? Uh, no, no, it is not. No. So, so why not. the fuck is everybody wanting a flawless, perfect movie about her? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the comic book purist would say that the, the character in the comic books is even more flawed and had so many things that were piled up on her. But they have to realize that that character has been around for like 50 plus years. They're going to yeah. have that baggage. This one, you know, this is new. This is brand new. So, so just let it develop. She's, she's got a contract and, and it's possible that we'll get to see all of those flaws come out later on. So again, uh, I think people are so, uh, they're, they're they live in our society now where everything has got to be instant 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 and it's it's a shame because you know you just got to sit back and and enjoy the enjoy the the you know like a good tea a good tea has got a nice good blend of flavors and you should just enjoy it 
And I think people just need to sit back and enjoy films again. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> watch, watch what you're saying, Paul. Yeah, not you're going to probably the, this, not this only get demonetized, you're going to copyright strike. and <laughs> I'm going to get all kinds of strikes. Oh, no. you know, what, what, what's with me with this, too, and I'm glad you mentioned this, I mean, I think people have forgotten, but and I'm not, I'm not saying that it isn't, but it really isn't if you think of Black Panther or whatnot. How long has it been since we've actually gotten a tried and true type of origin story because black panther kind of got introduced in well he was introduced in civil you know uh in, in civil war mm-hmm. and you kind of know the character going into it and you, you do get some of his backstory in black panther don't get me wrong but this one really is just a straight up cold going in for most audiences origin story you haven't seen this character before introduced even briefly in another movie like spider-man or black panther i mean it's a tried and true from scratch origin story which i think many people have kind of forgotten what those are like in the mcu (laughs) you know uh so since ant-man so i think that might be be part of it and i don't know i think i think uh the Captain Marvel character, uh, and I want to dig into the title character first, Brie Larson. Yeah, I, I thought she actually did very well in this. Now, to uh, kind of address, and, and I want to talk about a bit, uh, Lamont, you you are right. She does seem a little stiff in that, in this film, and a little wooden. But I think, in all honesty, that comes from her character being reprogrammed for six years. And it plays off mm-hmm. of what Paul was saying, too in that they had the plot point of her being amnesia. So she is pretty much what she has been told she's supposed to be throughout the whole Uh time, which I think, and I could be wrong on this, it might be the core of the story is, while it's not so much seeing her grow maybe emotionally or whatnot, but we see her unlocking her true potential when she's been told all the life that she's remembered that, she's not good enough or or that she needs to control these things because her inner true self is, is bad it would be bad i mean jude law's character comes right out in the beginning when we see the training and he says you got to control your emotions because if you let them go it'll be bad you know uh-huh. now we didn't know at first that it meant it would be bad for him but <laughs> <laughs> you know lamont so uh, what what do you think about that do you think maybe she was like that just because of the way her character she had been programmed, and so she kind of had to be that way. And and it's going to take a while more so than the course of a couple of days to break that six years of programming that she had. Yeah, because that's one of the things I, I deduced from the story was that, mm. well, I said to myself, well, she's been like this. She's been programmed for like this to act this way for six years. And obviously, you know, when we see some of the, when, as the story plays out, we see the, you know, with the thing on the side of her neck and they were trying to keep her suppressed. And yeah. because they knew, and I don't know if they knew how powerful she really was. And, and they were afraid that if she ever re- realized her true potential, that she'd kick all the ass. And then, which of course, <laughs> that was true. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, I, that's why I figured, I said, well, at least that could be one of the reasons why she acts that way because mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to. For the for what she's been told for the past six years that she is you know this Veers right she's not Karen she's not Carol Danvers she's Veers 
And you know, I, I, this is how Veers, and this is how Veers acts. And I can see where that's kind of coming from because a lot of the characters that we've had up until now introduced in the Marvel universe have been very not flamboyant, but either extravagant or not extreme exactly, but very emotional characters. Mm -hmm. And here we actually have kind of a lead who for most of the film, uh, she isn't emotional, except it has a lot of pent up rage, um, which, which is understandable. So uh, Andrew, what do you think of, of maybe, you know, the direction they took with her being, uh, kind of, you know, not really showing emotion throughout the whole thing because she's been told that, you know, she shouldn't show emotion and it's bad. Uh, what do you think of that approach? And do you think maybe they were kind of giving a little bit of a message here? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see what's not to understand. I mean, she was, uh, you know, she was repressed, everything, you know. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, once she realized she could cut loose, she fucking cuts loose. It's great. <laughs> People were cheering and, you know, they were on her side the whole entire time. And, you know, honestly, as far as just a performance of Brie Larson, as many interviews as I've seen with her over the years, you know, she just has like a youthfulness about her and a humor about her. I felt like I kind of saw her like the, I saw Brie Larson the whole time mm -hmm. uh, in the way that we saw Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Tony Stark that first time. It, it just had a almost, uh, you know, almost a little bit of a self-awareness to it. But, um, you know, she's just, it's a, a, a character just realizing of their, their power and just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a, a whole like unraveling of that. So as far as a metaphor, real life shit, I mean, you could really kind of look at Room. I don't yeah. know if y'all remember the plot of that, but mm -hmm. Brie Larson plays a woman who is, um, who is like basically confined by her husband. And why it, her, she and her son in a room, mm -hmm. and so like they can't leave. And like when the kids asleep, the husband like comes in and rapes her every night. And so, uh, for her to play someone that is essentially uh, trapped by this man, a uh, Jula, and we don't know that, but anybody in the crowd that knows what's up, hmm. immediately from the shit he would say starts going like, mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the minute the minute he was fighting her and she got a little emotional. Mm -hmm. like, oh no, you, you can't show emotion. You've got mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just like, oh, you're gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> you can't wait. Oh man. So it just it's it's so cool. It's just an explosion for me. And I, I love I just lo I love the way that she carried I love the way that she carried herself through it because mm -hmm. it wasn't brooding. And it was it was none of the like put upon. Oh God, my powers! It was like fuck yeah, my powers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was very refreshing to see that attitude, man. She's like, damn, I want to use my powers. Why can't I use? God damn it! It was, it was cool. It, to, I just I can't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just like to see that for once. It's just very very different, very refreshing. Because mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I don't go to all of these. I just don't. You know, because yeah. I'm. I'm like, it doesn't look like there's nothing different about it. But to me, there was right. so much different. It's so like so much unique about this one. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't not show up for that. Yeah. And I watching it a second time, I caught a few more of those things and I realized exactly what they were, you know, what they were pushing on this film. And uh, I want to get Paul's reaction here first as well. And then uh, I kind of want to present that because I think it, it's really 
where this film, the, the point of this film was. Uh, Paul, how about you with Captain Marvel? And you mentioned the amnesia angle, which you think did kind of pigeonhole him. Do you think that also, though, with that and the gaslighting of six years of to being told no emotion, maybe that's why her character maybe does come off a bit uh, stiff and a little uh, emotionless and wouldn't it sometimes? Oh, no, that's absolutely why, mm -hmm. you know, that, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't like the whole amnesia angle because it was like i know that this character has got so much more inside of her and it was just like i wanted to see more of that and i know a lot of people might disagree with me out there in the audience that says i i wanted to see more of the the past come out you know i wanted to see more of uh the little storylines of like oh yeah she was in the military and people telling her she couldn't do it and then she actually does it uh, you know, as the kid, the the racing car thing. I wanted to see more of those things, but because the fact that the amnesia thing had to keep it all kind of locked up, and you only got to see it right after she got her memories back, and at that point, it's it's not the time to do it because if you do it there, then you're just the pacing is going to be killed, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's why I was I was just like, oh, if you didn't have that amnesia angle, we could just follow her as a kid and just kind of go up and. And I, I know they wanted a little bit of era mystery and it, it just again, but absolutely her, she played her character properly based on the role that she was given. She, like mm -hmm. if, if you, and look at, look at anything that you've seen with the Korean, uh, like the television show, you know, um, the uh, agents of shield, you see the Cree, they're very, they're very kind of militaristic type of thing. They're, mm -hmm. they're very set in their ways. And so if that's the person telling you how you should act and how you should behave, of course you're going to be that way. You shouldn't show emotions. They kept telling her that. Uh, oh. And, you know, Andrew, Andrew already mentioned that. And that very much was kind of ingrained in her. And so she played it properly. So, again, if, if, she didn't, if they didn't have that whole amnesia angle, I think we would have seen a lot more. So, again, audience that hates this film, Wait. Well, get another film in, then you well, can complain if you want to. No, no, they're gonna complain, and let's anyways. Face it, yeah. you, you know, you know why they're gonna complain, and uh, this is something, especially watching it the second time. I realized, and I, I saw it described in a couple of reviews of how it's unapologetic, and it is, folks. All you troll boys out there, all you guys in the basement with your collection of comics, God bless <laughs> you for your collection of comics, and I am totally understanding you holding to your, you know fandom in that but you have captain marvel which is a superhero film that is totally not your demograph mm. sorry nope. they designed nope. th this is a straight up 100 percent unflinching female superhero film directed for to females and at, at its core, in a good way. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that there's a lot of criticism. And I'm like, because there's a lot of things in here that watching it the second time, I'm, I'm sitting there going, yeah, they, you, if you replaced the female characters with the male characters, I don't think half the guys would have the same dialogue, same situations. If you had the guy, if they were guys, I don't think anybody would have a problem with how this film is, but it's unapologetic. It's unflinching in its presentation, but it's not for the guys. It's, it's straight up for the ladies. 
with its portrayal of everything. And I loved that about it. Andrew, what do you, what do you think? Do you think that this one really is just, it, it made specifically for that and that demograph uh, well, I, even more so than like wonder woman. I, I think at a certain point, you know, if you're talking about money, just straight up money, uh, the idea of making a movie just for a certain type of person or a certain demographic is stupid as shit. Mm-hmm. You know, suppose like, who do you want to see Captain Marvel? I want everybody to see Captain Marvel. I want to True. put everybody in Captain Marvel. I want everybody to see Captain Marvel. The problem you got is with people that think, you know, that they're some type of victim of whatever. But, you know, a real nerd knows what uh, it's like to get uh, bullied by somebody and they would not bully another person. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the thing. I read some headlines like nerds and math. I mean, that's not a nerd, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't say that about nerds. <laughs> you know, you go, you know, you go to a convention or whatever. I, I'll show you a nerd, man. Fucking nerd. <laughs> nerd is not trying to bully anybody because they know what that's like. You know, a nerd right. is they do not behave that way. And a fan is somebody that likes stuff. Fans don't hate shit. <laughs> they like stuff. That's what we a fan is. You know. Right. So as far as who is the movie for, mm-hmm. I you know I I really I really all think those. That's why I said I got mad about about Avengers and stuff like. Right. When you are talking about what who is a movie for, look at the marketing for it. I'm not talking about just the trailers or whatever. Talk about like look at everything, man. Go to Target and tell me who's Captain Marvel for. There's yeah. your answer. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so just keep that in mind, man. It's like, man, this t-shirt is never gonna fit the motherfuckers that are typing out this. <laughs> it's never gonna fit them. You know, and, and I think the problem is that they they think they thought shit was theirs. They thought because they read that comic when they're 12. That the movie about it is for them. That the toy is for them. You know what I'm saying? They they think mm-hmm. it. They think they own it because they're the one that read it first or saw it or whatever. But the truth was, they didn't. Nobody that made that comic was talking about. Oh God, I hope women don't read this. That, that <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Shit didn't happen. The problem with them type of people is they're real sad, you know. And mm-hmm. they think anytime anybody gets anything, that somehow it's taken away from them. That's just their mentality, you know. Yeah. And, but also, man, talking about money in the studio. That's that type of person you they are impossible to please. Do not try. Do right. not try to please them. You they are impossible. They're mm-hmm. they don't know what the fuck they want. You know? <laughs> you know, like t- talking about I only want original movies. Give me another action figure and another toy. They you know, yeah. They they you know, so so don't just just make just make stuff for everybody that everybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get like a, a PG PG thirteen. Make sure there's something for mom, something for pop, something for kids, everybody. That way everybody could dig it, you know? And I thought there was something for everybody, including, you know, old farts that liked that music when it was new, you know? <laughs> yep. Oh, the soundtrack. Yeah. I was like, don't fade out on waterfalls just yet. I'm going to sing it to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, but, you know, I was, I was 17 in 94, which is why I assume this was made because the script for Mallrats was being read by... Uh, yes, by somebody in the um in the bus, and Marats came out in '95. Yep. So I was like, oh, I worked at Blockbuster in '94, '94. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a moment with all of this shit. So oh, yeah. that way, you know, it was a little bit for me in there. But yeah, no, man, I think it's, it's they're supposed to be making movies for everybody. It's Disney mm-hmm. after all, and so the idea to think that it's yours and not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Ugh, don't even listen to that shit. <laughs> Nobody cares, honestly. I don't. But, I kind of don't give a fuck about what anybody over thirteen even thinks about Captain Marvel. To be honest, no offense, <laughs> that includes me. No, 
No, well, that because that goes along with what I'm saying, though. I mean, this isn't really our. You know, we're not the demographic these, for these films, so. But they hope that you like it, like they yeah. hope that you would like it. But you know, what I'm saying they they stuck the old fart things in there for us. It's not like, hey, kids. So when we get out of Captain Marvel, you want you want Daddy to put on his you know no doubt compilation? Like, no, Dad. <laughs> How about that T-shirt? There's a song called "Fuck You Like an Animal." You want to hear some Nine Inch Nails, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to the retro stuff because uh, that stuff yeah I'm sorry did uh, i jump it too no early? no it's all good it's all good but uh, <laughs> paul would you say though this film really isn't for the uh, i mean they add those elements like andrew said and they want to appeal to everyone but at its core this isn't really directed specifically for you and me is it uh, honestly i thought it was still because really yeah again it, it, because I didn't go into it using my whole, I didn't go in thinking this, I'm going to be the comic book aficionado. Uh, I'm not going to be the comic book like purist. I went in being the MCU fan. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what this film is. It is a continuation of the MCU. And so the, the, the again, the purists are going to just, they're, they're going to say, well, you you didn't use the the psychomagnetron. You didn't you know. And this this character wasn't quite this way. And this character wasn't that. So it's like it doesn't matter because the, you know all of the other characters didn't follow the same exact comic book plot lines. Mm -hmm. So why should this one have to? Because it, just because there's a female lead, uh, they should have to have a uh, like a much more stricter standard. That oh no, you have to follow the comic books because of that. No. And so to me, it was, it was, it was a, the audience is an MCU fan. And if you go in being an MCU fan, I think you'll like it. If you're, if you're going to go in as a hater, you're going to hate it regardless. If you go in as a, a purist, you're just going to nitpick. You, you'd still like it, but you're probably nitpick. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, again, I'm biased. I really am. And <laughs> how, how can I not, how can I not love, uh, something that I wanted to see for a long time, you know, sure. I, I wanted to see many different actresses. Like every every so often, it would be like, oh, she would be a really good Miss Marvel. Because at the time, I she wasn't Captain Marvel, so I thought, right. oh, yeah, she'd be a really good Miss Marvel. I kept thinking to myself all throughout the things, and then finally we get one. And it's like, am I really excited? This is, <laughs> you know, probably the time that I started thinking about it was when this movie shows. You know, that that mm -hmm. time period. It's like, oh yeah, the mid nineties. That's when I really thought about. <laughs> them having a movie of her and yeah so again <laughs> bias 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 and bias i'm sorry i'm sorry so i i'm wrong then okay no I'm yeah good with you're, wrong. Good. you're wrong you're wrong i'm good it's, with it's all for me that's fine Lamont, do you agree with the, the the gentleman here that it, it is supposed to be made for for a wider audience or would you say that at its core it's it's for more of the younger say younger female demographic um I think they were trying to get both. Mm -hmm. They were trying to appeal for, um, you know, the not. I would say more of the, I would say eighteen to twenty-five year old women sure. demographic, but also making sure that they still satisfied the fans of the MCU. Because mm -hmm. you can't have, you know, you can't have a film that's just strictly for that type of demographic. Then you're not going to get the type of audience that you want in order for the movie to make money. Right. And uh, they they succeeded. Uh, I, I was you know when I was looking at the box office numbers, 
and uh, it, it, it did pretty well. It made 153 million. Six biggest, uh, six biggest opening weekend of all time worldwide. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Maybe. so at least, so at least in that part, it it, it has succeeded. Mm-hmm. It succeeded. You know, as far as that's what that's what obviously Marvel and obviously Disney want. But no, I think it's a combination of both. It yeah, it's it's targeted to some older women, but you still have to target it to the people who love the MCU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you know how you could tell who's a movie who, who's a movie made for. Well, check it out my my kid's been playing Tomb Raider the game, and she's five years old, mm-hmm. and and she's like, you know, she saw the Tomb Raider movie on the shelf, and I got all the Tomb Raiders, like the old and the new, right? So I'm trying to think of, mm, all right, well, let's throw these on and just see. Man, the difference between the Jolie Tomb Raiders and like the most <laughs> recent one. Was the last time you saw them old Tomb Raiders movies? Oh, it's been it's been a while. It is a yeah. clear as shit who they was making. <laughs> oh yeah, especially especially the 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 remake. Yeah, yeah, that that right there was definitely trying to get women gr- girls mm-hmm. in, in the Tomb Raider. Just just how that movie was made. Yeah, the new well, the, uh, well the uh, Angelina Jolies were. No, yeah. that was that was they were they were wanting dad's money. They were <laughs> they were not trying to get the they babysitting. They're looking for that fat money. Um, no, they they wanted. They thought you could sell who they thought was playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the that the that Tomb Raider was my favorite movie last year. So <laughs> that was a yeah, it was a good movie. No, it was oh, really I love that one. That's the one we ended up actually watching. <laughs> Yay! Good. So, you know, you guys mentioned Nick Fury, who Sam Jackson was great in here. And yet, as much as this is an origin story for Captain Marvel, this is a prequel to the MCU. I mean, look, you got Nick Fury in here. You get the origin of his eye, which a lot of people are throwing a fit of. And I loved you get Coulson in here. You get other throwbacks. The fact that, yes, this is a spoiler room, folks. The fact that the energy that everybody's trying to pursue in this is the Tesseract, and you, <laughs> that, which then means that Captain Marvel's energy comes directly from the Tesseract. You know, I mean, so it really has all these elements of, of being a prequel as much of an origin story for Captain Marvel, and I didn't mind that at all. But uh, yeah, seeing Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, he really got in this role, and I was really surprised in a good way of the chemistry between him and Brie Larson, though, and I think this relationship between these two was important uh, to help uh, carry not only the, the plot and the relationship, but also set things up for, of course, Infinity War of why he has the pager. Uh, Paul, <laughs> you being the phenomenal fan of this character, how did you feel about the relationship between Nick Fury and uh, Captain Marvel in this? I loved it. I thought it was actually much more uh, very organic mm-hmm. like they that they were playing off of each other i actually lo- uh, like that more than uh her relationship with uh rambo mm-hmm. uh i i thought that their but again that's the the whole amnesia thing i thought that their characters played really well in the past prior to her losing her memory and then uh but with with colson because she was building the relationship with him right there mm-hmm. you got to see it develop and you got to see the trust build and that was hugely important, and and it also again kind of plays up to the fact, you know, the last time he he trusted someone, and of course he trusted the cat. 
Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who loves the cat? We love the cat. Goose. Yeah. No, the cat was the cat nearly stole the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about the cat in a minute, but uh, Lavat, the relationship with Sam Jackson and and, and uh, Brie Larson, uh, Captain Marvel, and Nick Fury. Did you did you like this? Did you think it was kind of helpful with the movie uh, to try to? Submit? Oh yeah, yeah. It 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 kept the movie going along. It really drove the narrative uh, mm-hmm. in the film. Like I say, it was the best thing in the film, you know. And you know, I just love their camaraderie. I think one of the best scenes in the film is when she's getting ready to play, and he asks her, "Does you know how to, you know how to fly it?" Now, of course, you know, she's still in her amnesia mode, but she just, just like second nature, like almost like muscle memory. She goes in and uh, he's, a, you know, she's like, what do you think? He said, well, that's a yes or no question. I thought there was a great line that he, that he did, which, of course, is what it is. It's just a yes or no question. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that she just did it just like second nature, mm-hmm. you know, so I really thought their relationship was the best part of the film. Like I said, I can understand why uh, her relationship with uh, with uh, Rambo uh, wasn't as good because she still was still was blocked by the emotion. But you can tell in the flashback scenes that they really had a great friendship. It's a shame that we didn't get a chance to explore that uh, in this film. Yeah, and and hopefully maybe uh, down the road we'll, we'll get to explore it a little more because I like that relationship as well. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Andrew, how'd you feel with this dynamic between? Uh, Nick Fury, the guy we all know as the badass, who actually is showing a softer side, and Captain Marvel. I like that. Um, I like that this was the beginning of the cinematic universe. Like, you know, I don't think I realized that until at a certain point when I was watching. I was like, well, that's cool that it was Captain Marvel then, because you know, like, who could create a universe? Not a man. <laughs> you know, if you think about it. So, it, to me, that was cool. I liked their relationship. I did like th- my only thing I had with Wonder Woman is that there was romance in it. And I'm like, right. come on, man, little girls watching this movie, eh, you can go a million places and see that type of thing. Let's do. I love that that was about friendship. I also loved that how much um, the directors are clearly like movie nerds because that whole train thing that was right out of French Connection, the way he's following them with the car, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, I thought there was something really matrixy about her discovering her powers, like kind of like with like a little bit like Neo in a way. And you know, a, lot of, a lot of people's complaint about Keanu Reeves is his, you know, they say he's wooden too, but I mean, fucking Neo is one of the classic movie heroes now, you know, so <laughs> fuck them, whatever they think. But I, I, um, I really liked all of that. And like I said, you know what though? I think though, if they'd have put Rambo up front, like I would wanted this just as me watching the movie as much mm-hmm. as I do like, like, uh, you know, seeing, um, Nick Fury and all that. I think people would be saying lesbian right now. You know, I was, you know, wor- I was, you know how people are, you know, mm-hmm. I was worried. I'm glad they didn't. And I know the context of the movie, but I was worried that was where they were going. And when they didn't, I was relieved quite a bit, but I was like, please don't take this where you could easily see them go with this relationship. I'm like, don't go there. Don't yeah, go there. Yeah. No, you know, comics are so far ahead of culture, mm-hmm. so far ahead of society, always been. That's why they're just now making movies of this shit. Uh, it, you know, and so, you know, people would not be ready enough for none of that. And they're so, they so want to take away everything. You well, know, you, you, Rambo, I love Rambo the character and i did want to see more of her as well but the scenes we do get oh when she's flying the ship with nick fury them together god damn that's uh, one of my favorite stuff in the whole movie when they're just blowing i know that that dog fight was decent (laughs) it was great that we got uh 
basically a supporting character who got a chance to shine and i loved that battle yeah. and it was and, a little bit star wars right there i think the filmmakers probably like star wars no too. no you don't you know what it was and after watching it a second time i'm almost certain it was because it is set in the 90s folks and there as we as andrew mentioned yeah there are a lot of throwbacks if you know the scenes and the fight in the trench was so much a throwback to independence day with will smith fighting oh in the yeah alien. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking about when I was watching that. I said, "This reminds me of Independence Day." <laughs> Good. I was right, thinking man. Firefox, but that—that's—I'm much older, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, there's Firefox. What are you talking oh. about? You're much older. Give me that. No, there's Firefox too. But just very few people remember that movie. I bet um, you, if no. you ask the filmmakers, they probably like Firefox, Paul. Probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it felt like Independence Day, like you said, Andrew. That conversation in the car was kind of directed that was uh, uh even the long way the camera night. was was long kiss good night or even you know you want to throw a little bit angle of pulp fiction type of th you know the car conversation type of angle uh but definitely long mm -hmm. kiss good night uh you know sure we get the blockbuster throwback we've got a soundtrack i mean this thing blow uh, borrows from a number of things uh that we've seen in other mcus including and i don't know if people picked up on it and I think it's a setting for the sci-fi part of MCU, but the soundtrack, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, actually plays a really important part in this movie. Um, do you think that's a characteristic of what kind of they go for with the sci-fi MCU? Because, I mean, in this one, they use music very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Lamont, what do you think on that? Uh... I don't know. I, I, that, I, I did not get that vibe. I, mm -hmm. I recognize some, some of the 90s music, but mm -hmm. that music that they played on the fight scene on the, um, the space station near Earth, I kind of mm -hmm. felt that was kind of out of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of out of place. Mm -hmm. Some of, the, some of, the, some of the, the songs I thought was pretty good, but that fight that... Um, that song they played during the fight, so I felt it was kind of out of place. I really didn't like them using that song. Oh, uh, Paul, how about you with the soundtrack on this? Do you think it's kind of what they're angling for with the sci-fi universe since Guardians of the Galaxy? Because we even got it in Thor Ragnarok as well. How would you think of the, the songs that they used in this film? Honestly, didn't pay too much attention to the actual, like, mm -hmm. uh, the, the period songs. I was actually more uh, digging the score songs. Mm -hmm throughout the film because I thought that that gave it a much more kind of an old uh, sci-fi feel, feel to, to the thing. And I think, yes, there, there were subtle messages in my mind. Like if, if you, if you think about it, yeah, some of the songs they played was like, Hey, yeah, that kind of fits the scene. Uh, I don't know if they were intentional. I just never, I didn't really think about that because it was just like, uh, I wasn't paying attention to it. I think, you know, part of me was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, they're just doing it as, as, is kind of to draw you back into the into that time period, you know. Even even the costumes and stuff like they did everything they could to make you feel like it's not not set in modern times. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a good job. But again, the the score to me was it drew me more than the old songs did because mm -hmm. I loved the eighty songs. The ninety songs are good, but not something that I like. Ooh, you know. Yeah, and, and see for me the <laughs> score. Being a huge orchestral guy, I don't know. The score for me felt kind of like just your normal on par with the most of the other MCU mm. scores, which I have not 
really been too much impressed with outside of uh, Black Panther. And I did like Avengers uh, mm. score because when you listen to them by themselves, which I, I tend to do, um, there's not quite as a defined theme because in all honesty, I think they set it up for when they're in their uh, uh, group movies, you can blend the themes together and they, they mix better together without them having to be so different. So they end up kind of sounding very similar. And in this one, uh, the song was still epic, but for me, uh, I enjoyed the 90s throwback songs a little better than the orchestral song. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what about what about you with the orchestral, uh, with the music uh, that they picked for it? Do you think is kind job, of fitting, uh, fitting like with the, the other sci-fi MCU films we've seen? Man, the only person, the only people that I knew that I, that actually the music stood out to me was Ragnarok and um, oh. Black Panther. Uh, uh-huh. You know, Ragnarok, man, it make you think of like all kind of 80, like, like Flash Gordon and shit. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually the the Devo guy, Mark Mothersbaugh, that did that music. But I'm not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have all that memorized. Actually, the the person did the score for um Captain Marvel. I think is the first female composer they've had. Pinar uh, Toprat, I think is her. Yeah, name. she's from Turkey. Yeah. Um. So it's but as far as like the <laughs> the '90s music go, man, I was all. Music. I mean, like I was. I started playing in bands in the '90s and stuff. So, I mean, I was around for all of this shit. <laughs> the songs that I the songs that I think were wrong to put in there. Honestly, was the was the like the ah, probably not REM, mm-hmm. and probably just because of it's surrounded by. Think about it, like Lita Ford's in there, Heart is in there, Salt and Pepper's in there, mm. um, even some obscure uh-huh. shit. Like I couldn't, man. Some people were like bugging out, but the person I went with to the movie when they started to play Connection, the Elastica song. Oh, in, like, the, in the internet, in the internet yeah. cafe. <laughs> yeah, man. We were like, oh my god, it's so on the nose. But I had the single of Connection, and you know, single. <laughs> Yeah, just show you how the fucking old I am. I had the Casingo. I bought it at a gas station. But like, um, <laughs> when they do, yeah, like REM and honestly, like, I'm de- I don't know how I feel about Nirvana just in movies. Period. <laughs> just yeah. because of how anti-commercial that guy was, you know, it just uh-huh. it didn't seem right. But also, you know, Cobain was a big feminist, so you kind of don't know. But still, I'm like, if you're going with the female-centric things, man, don't you know. They had a number of other choices they could have made, but yeah, yeah, Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham. That would have been yeah. some shit. That's another <laughs> deep cut from the nineties. <laughs> I love them ending ending it with the whole song, though. That was well, that was per- you can't you. That's the only song you can end that movie with. <laughs> you know, you're not going to wait to do like Lil Kim or Foxy Brown at the end. You're going to yeah. do. What would you know. think of that? Uh, uh, it playing during the final battle sequence where she finally discovers her power and then she just starts kicking ass. I mean, you, that's the song you have to do if you're doing all these other ones. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I mean, for a lot of people, you know, they could have went with "You Ought to Know" and that would have been a little, you know, like. Yeah. But this the movie's not about a man, you know, and it's not vengeance against men. It's not. It's just no. it's it's power. Period. It's and it's just, yeah, that's what that song. It's so. I've seen movies that take place in the nineties and some of their like needle drops or whatever. I'm like, Oh God, what the fuck? I get it. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's not what this is. You know, the whole thing is celebratory, you know, and and it's so it, I mean, I could probably imagine some of them early screenings. People were like, yeah, don't just take that off of there or not now. (laughs) So it it dances on the edge. I'll give you that. It does. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, with the guardians of the galaxy, they, 
Uh, that that almost seems like a gimmick, and this seems at least like you know a little bit more period appropriate. You know, right? Yeah, it, it did feel appropriate and and fitting for the character. But uh, I could also see where people uh, would want uh, an orchestral as well. But for me, I dug it, and I thought maybe it fit in with this. Ever since Guardian of the Galaxy, it seems like they work modern tunes into the films more than uh, the MCU films on Earth, and maybe that's just me reading way too much into it well they uh, show carol danvers rocking yeah. out at a fucking karaoke yeah. This, yeah. Probably, all this music on here was probably on her she probably had that shit in her car you know yeah <laughs> her disc man so uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff we could cover yet with this film uh that like the first act we actually don't get to earth for quite some time we get the setup with the Cree and and an idea with their uh, their war in that. And what kind of got me with this is when I learned in the trailer, she was a Cree. Cause I knew absolutely outside of the history behind the character. I didn't know anything about the character itself. When they brought up that she was Cree in the trailer, I'm like, okay, I would have liked to find that out in the movie. But then I'm like, wait, weren't the Cree the bad guys in guardians of the galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I was trying to figure it out. And then I didn't know anything really about the scroll and people are throwing fits about the scroll. Um, you know, Paul, being the purist that you were, how did you like the change in this? And did you have the same thought too about the her being Cree? And I, I didn't know her origins, but are Cree that bad in the comics too, or is it just uh, Ronan? Uh, they can be. They're very, they're very militar, uh, militaristic, and they have they have agendas, and they're all controlled by the the supreme intelligence, and and so forth, and. Captain Mar Captain Marvel, the original yeah. Captain Marvel, uh, he kind of fell in love with Earth when mm -hmm. he was sent to study it. And because of that, uh, that's like one of the few that you get to see that has kind of like a, a caring type nature. So the Kree tend to be very militaristic. And again, the uh, supreme intelligence is the one that kind of does the the thinking for them, you know, sure. sets all the agendas. The Skrull, on the other hand, uh, they they lost their home world to Galactus, and so they were promised Earth, and so they were supposed to go in there uh, because they kind of twisted that story around that where they made them more. Uh, I'm going to spoil, spoil. Uh, they made them more like uh, like patriot type fighters that mm -hmm. were that were it, that didn't feel like the Kree to me, or uh, sorry, didn't Skrull? feel like the Skrull to me. And and now I'm kind of disappointed that we might not get Secret Wars because of this, and uh, <laughs> so. Well, they, I've seen some people say that you know you could still get away with it with a rogue group of yeah, rogue faction, or... which I hope they do because that's a super fascinating part of yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. or or this group of scrolls that they're talking about, he may not be speaking for. And this is the direction I took, especially after watching the second time, the way they angle it. I don't get the feeling that he's talking f about every scroll, uh, the majority of scrolls maybe, but you know, you, they, the scrolls still have a military side, so you could easily still play off the secret wars, I think, with it. And these are more of the civilian side, just trying to to get the hell out of here with their necks intact. Um, and it might be once once they finish up, uh, you know, the complete the whole deal where they they get the full use of the scroll. Mm -hmm. And the super scroll, maybe yes, then we'll 
you know, we'll see that maybe side they're going that right. But I like I liked what they did with the bad guys here. But I still have complaints about. It, but I didn't know anything much a- at all about the scroll, and I just oh. knew that the Kree, the ones <laughs> that I had seen in the f- MCU, were all bad. So I was like, how are they going to spin that with her? By, by the way, I should mention that uh, uh, Carol Danvers is not a Kree. Well, no, she she's is a, a hybrid. Son. Yes, she's a yeah, hybrid. Yeah. Yes. In in the comic book, right. she was merged with Captain Marvel. Uh, due to the explosion of the of the device, uh, right. in this one, it she gained her powers from that. And at first, I was like upset because it seemed like she just absorbed the power and then she doesn't have any Cree. But there was one line where Jude Law's character said, oh, "No, I gave you a transfusion," yeah. and 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 that to me was like, "Oh yeah, okay, there." Well, you guys. Got- Hybrid. You got saw, saw it in the flashbacks too, where she was transferring red for blue blood. It was very brief, but you do yeah. get a scene in there as well. But um, if people miss that, then the the purest people are going to say, "Well, no, she's she's not a Cree. She's not pure human." You know? Yeah. And and the the movie still accommodated for that. And and right. again, that's an example of where this is a cinematic universe movie mm-hmm. and not a comic book movie. Well, and, and Captain Marvel in this one is a female played fantastically by Annette Benning, actually. <laughs> um and I, I like the change after I read up of her actual I'm like, this makes sense not only in the MCU, but kind of with where they want to go in and today's actually in today's society a bit uh lamont you you're very familiar with the cap captain marvel character as well how would you feel about the two changes they did with the villains uh basically the kree and the uh scrolls i i i, I had a problem with any of the changes it's just the way they are it's just the way times are right now uh and that bending was 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 good as marvel uh i, I like I like Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Oh my god, he, he, was, he was he was great as Talos because you know it's, it's like for some reason he was stuck playing these one-dimensional roles, and to see him finally show his uh, acting chops by playing a different type of character, so I really love I love, love that as well. And as far as the scrolls are concerned, yeah, I'm pretty sure some people are going to be disappointed because when I know of the scrolls, reading the Fantastic Four. Uh, they are, are a very savage race. They want to conquer everything that they can. Uh, I did like the shape changing, shape changing effects that they did for them. Mm-hmm. For them, I thought that was decent. But but I had no problem with how they how they used the scrolls in this particular instance. And uh, yes, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be disappointed because everyone thought that they were going to use the Secret Wars or uh, the Secret Invasion. That's yeah, what it right. was called, Secret Invasion storyline. I'm pretty sure that they they won't use that, but there's still a way they can still use it and say, "Hey, look, it was a different faction of scrolls." Right. I mean, it, let, mm-hmm. let's face it; it's sci-fi, it's comic books. You can retcon just about anything if you write it just yeah. right. So, mm-hmm. and I could only see because they're doing Infinity War and they're wrapping it up that the next one would be, especially with the introduction of the scrolls, uh, the invasion, secret invasion storyline, which they mm-hmm. could you know work in. Uh, but I don't know if they've actually thought that far ahead. <laughs> and Andrew, what do you think of the the villains in this and the scroll that kind of storyline? I don't know if you're very familiar with any of the the villains, but uh, no. Uh, and I, this person I was with turned to me. He's like, "That's the guy with the hammer. That's that's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy." He's like, "I don't goddamn remember." <laughs> this movie's called Captain Marvel. What up? Yeah. You know, Marvel's. I'm sorry, but they're they're just their villains aren't. You know, what I'm saying they're not the strongest. Like. The only one I really could remember is the one from the uh, Kate Blanchett one with the horns. 
<laughs> oh, oh Loki. That's the only Hela. villain. I'm sorry. That's the only I'm villain. I really... Or yeah. Hella. Yeah. Hella. Yeah. Her and um, Eric Killmonger, they're the only mm-hmm. ones that I really remember. I just think in general, people don't know how the fuck good they got it with comic book movies, you know, yeah. compared to God or seeing anything that you like being made into a movie. Like, look what, look how they did Skeletor. Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Every kid was like, what in fuck is this? <laughs> this don't look like my toy. This don't look like no cartoon. That whole movie. Yeah. That Still was a great actor, though. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, right. No, I'm yeah, like, I'm, you, you, they was probably Dracula. could pull. Yeah, I know they could probably pull Skeletor's true feature off now, as mm-hmm. opposed back then. But I knew for a fact that there was no way in the world they're going to have someone dressed up in a blue skin, uh, uh a muscular body with yeah. a skull with a skull for a mask. I mean, oh. a skull on the hood. <laughs> no, too this hard was. To do. This was a, probably the same discussion they had in the meeting room. But there was just they. There was a look. Of the mm-hmm. of the movie industry that um they would look down on comics yeah. you know yeah. and cartoon all that shit they were like oh we're movies somehow we're better so we're gonna improve everything and make it you know say like somehow comic wasn't good enough right and and th- that's what's cool now you know everybody wants to bitch about stuff but really like it could be it was so much worse than that you remember that first Punisher movie they did with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh so pumped. For, I was so pumped for that movie, man. I loved <laughs> the Punisher when I was a kid. I'm like, shit. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah. <laughs> then and oh. now and now, comic. They're stumbling over each other trying to get comic book movies, and they know there's a fan base now out there, so they're trying to hold to it. But Captain Marvel did take liberties with it, but as I think Paul said too, uh, and Lamont, it, it fits within the MCU. I mean, it might not fit yeah. the source material. But it was kind of a natural thing for MCU, and we get uh, just a fantastic character in Ben Mendelsohn, who just I loved his character quite a bit. When he shows up sucking on, uh, drinking the the drink in the house, mm-hmm. the Rambo's house, that whole conversation they had, and yeah, and the whole conversation they had, I was like, wow, this is funny. <laughs> it was good, and it made me think about like almost like kind of like Star Trek a little bit, how they do with the Klingon, mm-hmm. you know. Like mm. like that. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just no, I no. dug it. I really it, I really liked it. That's that's where we get Goose, which there's a throwback, folks, named Goose. Yes, he was owned by pilots. If you don't get the top gun reference to that, you need mm. to <laughs> brush up on your 80s. Uh <laughs> don't talk about movies on the internet if you don't yeah. know about <laughs> the cat's name is Goose. I loved the gimmick with the cat. That did not. Get I kind of figured. I, I kind of figured that. I said uh, the, I, when I first heard the name Goose, I said, "Don't tell me they're using a Top Gun reference." <laughs> it, it's got to be. I didn't look it up at all, but I'm just looking at it, going, "Air Force pilots, cat called Goose." It's got to be. It's it's. <laughs> well, there's there's visual references to Top Gun in it too. Like you yeah. can't do no movie about the Air Force. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With some Top Gun like. Yeah. Yeah, with their call signs, their call signs painted on on the on the jets. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah, and and their especially their walkout Rambo's and uh, Danvers walk out of the hangar was mm-hmm. just so reminiscent of of <laughs> Goose and Maverick coming out. But instead of need the need for speed, they they say uh, uh, further, farther, faster. Uh, yeah, same thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's basically the same thing, you know. It, but yeah, that was a another one of those many throwbacks which uh, i did enjoy the retro references including we're all old enough 
to feel the agony of putting a CD-ROM and waiting for it to load. <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 was fun. That was for mom and dad. <laughs> that, that was, was fun. That was totally a dad <laughs> joke. And then Alta Vista as well. She's pe- hunting yeah. pecking on Alta Vista. And, oh, you know, I loved the retro references. It didn't feel too forced. Those felt fun. Yeah. And, 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 of course, Samuel L. Jackson, the, the best line in the movie, he's sitting there, it's like, it's loading. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said it so matter-of-factly, like, this is, you know, and you get the one blank look on <laughs> Mendelssohn's face. He's just like, uh, like oh my god they are but, from an advanced species <laughs> they, <laughs> but oh, I, I i know did you feel you guys any of you feel the 90s references were were forced at all or do you think they they worked well within the film like uh did they feel kind of natural at all uh, some were for some were forced and some mm-hmm. were natural yeah I, the cd-rom for me was just natural because they're gonna play a cd and i'm like okay and then it brought up that familiar load screen, and then I'm just like, "Oh my god, yes!" <laughs> it brought like PTSD flashbacks of of waiting for things to load. Hey, wouldn't it have been funny if instead of the um the the Cree was the villain, it was real player instead the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Net Netscape. Net Net <laughs> no, no, Mozilla. It'd have to be Mozilla. Yeah, you got Mozilla and web crawler. Man, there you go. That's that's my '90s right there, and uh, yeah, I just want to bring up the cat. I love the give up with cat goose. The cat uh, being a, a furkle, was it or a, a, a danger? Huh? Flurkin, I think. Flurkin. 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 That's what a flurkin. Yeah. Which uh, the cat? Yes. There's two end credit sequences. One that you expect, which basically ties it into the next MCU film, uh, End Game. But then we get the final. <laughs> Which you needed. You needed it. You you had to because Yeah, because during you you needed it. During that third act, you you got the cat swallowing the tesseract. (laughs) And if you leave before the very end credits, you don't watch MCU films, you get the cat coughing up the tesseract. Uh, Paul, what'd you feel about the cat? How'd you like the cat and the, the gimmick that they did with him? The cat was nice. It was it was a good touch. Uh, I honestly, because I loved, uh, I loved all the other things about the film. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that the cat was the movie. Like some people thought it was, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, the cat is the, the best thing to watch about the movie. It's like, no, you should watch the movie because free <laughs> <laughs> Larson and, and Samuel L. Jackson and a young Colson, come on, like Colson for the first time. And the cat, it's just the way Samuel L. Jackson is holding the cat and all the little jokes about the scroll and understanding what that thing really is and being frightened. And Samuel L. Jackson is like, it's just a cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. It was. It added a great bit of humor to it. Andrew, did you like the whole gimmick with the cat? You know what's up, man? I have My kid has the golden book of Captain Marvel, and we've yeah. been reading it for, you know, months now or whatever. And because, you know, look at, like I said, they're stoked about the movie, too. And so, like, in the book, it says that the goose, the cat is an alien, and it says Flurkin in there, yep. but it doesn't show you what, like, that is. So oh, I've been yeah. waiting to see what is that, you know? <laughs> and and in the like, comic books, it's named Chewie as a, for Chewbacca. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. I was like, well, you know, if there were no new Star Wars movies, they probably would have just left it. But, you know, that's a little <laughs> too current of a reference, you know, instead of being the throwback, it's like, you know, 
last year. <laughs> so like, um, I, I was honestly shocked at that shit. I was like, whoa. I thought it was kind of, I mean, it was funny, but also a little bit pushing it maybe for younger kids. That Because that mm-hmm. was like, that was like a cabin in the woods kind of gag, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a little bit uh yeah it was a little more aggressive and, and a little darker not too much though because of the way it dispatched i think the enemy's in a, a little more oh common. no it's just a cat eating people it yeah. went t- with fucking tentacles out its mouth that's not you know severe yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> and lamont you, you feel the cat was used the right amount oh yeah yeah it, it, it's like i said the cat nearly the cat nearly stole the show Mm-hmm. you used him when it was needed for him to be used you didn't you, you weren't overwhelmed by the cat but i knew when the cat first came up and he was like i said wait a minute, this cat's going to be something about this movie <laughs> but again like i said i do love cats so so mm-hmm. i figured that he was going to play some part of the movie and uh, i did like the fact that they uh, had that final cut scene because they're going to have continuity issues it's like wait a minute how did they get the test wreck out the cat <laughs> <laughs> right that uh, was like Beetlejuice face. Remember that? Yeah, oh. <laughs> a little bit Howard the Duck too, maybe. Little, maybe a little, little bit to Howard the Duck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think they, I think we all agree though, they do establish well that Captain Marvel is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next film with that final act of of what she does to Ronan and his forces. Mm-hmm. Um, There's going to be people going to see it that maybe would not have because they dug. Um, Captain Marvel so much. It's bringing people in. It's mm-hmm. a very smart move by them, I think, to do that type of shit. You know, Black Panther brought me in to see the Avengers because I didn't even see the Avengers before that one. The, mm-hmm. the Ultron, I still haven't seen. I was like, I don't give a shit about this. But you know, I went <laughs> to see. I went to see the Endgame because I wanted to see T'Challa, Nokoya, and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely made it to see them. I'm like, ah, shit, I'm not gonna make it, man. Come on. <laughs> we shall never. <laughs> uh yeah it, so you're right it is interesting and it, it's i think it will get people interested in possibly rediscovering the mcu films that have been going on for 10 years 21 of them holy crap i didn't realize <laughs> it, man just, i remember you could go to the marathon and see them all in one night yeah you could right well not one night i went to when it was the avengers midnight premiere mm-hmm. uh, i covered that for the newspaper and so we were there yeah i don't know about maybe like nine ten o'clock in the morning they started them we watched five of them. Fuck, if they weren't so long, that you could put more of them. But now you notice they stopped doing the marathons. Yeah, they. Well, yeah, they. <laughs> they. You they know, did. It, it, Go ahead. You know, it's it, it's amazing because uh, last month I was doing. I did a uh, black and horror series, mm-hmm. and I I did Blade. I did a review of Blade, and I said, just imagine if they Blade wasn't the success that it was. That we probably wouldn't have gotten the Spider-Man uh, movies, and we probably wouldn't have gotten the MCU. Because at the time, you know, there were no comic book movies based on comic books or comic book ad- ad- adaptations were not were not well done. I mean, you already had some. You already had the poor Punisher. You had that awful Captain America. I don't even talk about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four uh, fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they honestly ever made that movie. They never intended that shit to come out. That one, I don't think. <laughs> Actually, yeah. watch the interesting documentary called "Doomed." It gives you a lot of insight on that film. <laughs> I, I, I got a chance so, to watch it. So, yeah. So I was like, you know, so I was telling, like I said in my review, just imagine if it wasn't for the success of Blade, that the fact that they not only took a very uh, less known character. That was really a uh, supporting, char- very hardly used supporting character from a very obscure book 
Tomb of Dracula. <laughs> and it wound up being a very successful uh, uh, film. And all of a sudden, people say, you know what? Hey, maybe people do like superhero movies. <laughs> well, and that, well, Blade also fell in line with the trend of the 90s of the comic books moving to being graphic novels to where they were being darker, uh, more mature material of sorts than, you know, maybe the the Adam West 60s type of vein. They, they suddenly realized that as well. And they, they appealed to, I think, a, a, a they showed that comic book movies weren't just for kids, which I mm -hmm. think, yeah, brought in the money at the time. Uh, you know, but for me, I don't know. Batman's still my favorite comic book film of the nineties, but, um, and, and then Blade right next to that. But that's just cause I'm, I'm Burton. I like, I love Blade, man. I think I like part two more, but I'm a, I'm a return of swamp thing guy. That's me. <laughs> a return of swamp thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. Uh, so, uh, I think we'll wrap it up here with Captain Marvel. I'm, I, we're going to go down the line now. I'll just see if there's something about this film that uh, my panel would like to talk about that uh, we haven't uh, already brought up or that I haven't uh, dominated the conversation over with, which I apologize for. So, uh, Lamont, is there anything that we may not have touched on that you may want to uh, bring up with uh, Captain Marvel? I think we've touched on everything uh, that we wanted to talk about uh, for the movie. Basically, we covered all the topics I don't think we missed anything about about this film. Pretty sure, you know, most people will have other things to say about this film, especially the the, the nitwit fanboys. But you know, <laughs> but we covered everything. Nitwit fanboys, I like that. Uh, Paul, how about you? Something we may not have touched on. You wanted to talk about with the film? Uh, I would I would ask uh, something. That's just something what I I kind of mentioned about, uh, and something that you hinted at too. I think you said it was a is a very good. Uh, origin film and I just wanted to expand on that uh, a little bit more and sure. see what our thoughts were so my my question really is is would this uh, and I, I keep nitpicking on the amnesia thing would it have been a, a better origin story if it would have followed the traditional chronological without the surprise of of trying to have her discover who she was and just kind of follow it so that we kind of followed her through her her career path mm -hmm. or do you think what they did was was the best thing that they could do for her origin. Oh, I like that question. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Man, I, I think you, I think the journey uh, is, is all about like, you know, the, the tone, right. Mm -hmm. And so it's about like how you make the audience feel that's watching it. Cause ultimately you want them to hook into Carol Danvers and see their own experiences with her and relate to it so that you're not just like sitting there going in with your arms crossed talking about, Hey, Marvel, you know, Show me something. Impress me, motherfuckers. <laughs> you want people to, you know, like Rocky, man. You want them to be like, yeah. So you have to have her go through all of those beats. You know, mm -hmm. you think about what, the audi what you're giving the audience. I don't want a lot of goddamn backstory. I don't want to see like A to B to C. If I want that, I'll go re look at the comic, you know. Mm -hmm. I want this. I want to. I want to. You know. I want an emotional journey. You know. I want the hero journey. A lot of times it's messy. A lot of times it's just whatever. I was like, just give me what I need right now to feel mm -hmm. the way you want me to feel and to be entertained by this movie. And so, I God, there was already enough space shit as it was. I just do not want. <laughs> too much I couldn't. Space. I, I was like, God damn, give me out of space. You know, nothing against space, but fuck it. So. Uh, I was ready for it not to be uh, space. It was a it was a real heavy Star Trek movie at the beginning. So yeah, and nothing against Star Trek too. Fuck it. I just you know I'm ready for Captain Marvel. I want that movie they showed me in the trailer. Let, let's let's have it. So I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I know it sounds ignorant, but 
we're talking about in terms of entertainment movie, you know, sure. reading a book is all different, you know? Yeah, definitely. And Laman, how about you? How'd you feel? Would you, would, like you, be, would you, would you, would you, would you have rather it followed her kind of chronologically up to where she gathers her power? Or did you, uh, would you think the amnesia angle was the best they could do? I think they would have did a little bit better had they followed the angle in the comics. At least would have had Brie Larson probably act a little more better as opposed to what she acted right now. So I would have preferred that one. I mean, I understand why they did it that way, the amnesia model. I guess they felt it was a better way to present the character, but I wish they would have done it the way they did in the comics. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, not knowing much about Captain Marvel, so this is probably out of my ass, but I will say I think them doing it this way was the better way of approach given how things are today in our pop culture because I honestly think that if you did a storyline to where the main female character's power was given to her by a main male character, um... I think people would have had issues with it. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong in that? No, I, I don't think. I, I think you'd have some outrage uh, there. You know, I like the direction they took with it. Uh, the you know, Annette, they still had her as Captain as Marvel. You know, yep. and even though it, she was female, she still does get the energy in a way from Marvel, just not directly. You know, I, I think they handled it very well and. I think the amnesia angle uh, was a good way, yeah, to avoid having to give you a lot of backstory because, as Paul said, really at this point in the MCU, um, especially superhero films in general, people, if you get a full just tried and true from A to B to C origin story, I think you're going to lose your audience because they're tired of those. Because once you start putting all these superhero origin stories up on a big screen in live action mode versus on paper, you realize how similar many of them are. <laughs> really? You know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that they did the best they could with the, with the hand. I think with today, the way things are, it was their best approach to it. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I agree with you that this was their best approach for the audience, but mm -hmm. since they made this movie for me, I'm me. <laughs> uh, I want, I wanted it all. I, I was, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm you greedy. greedy. You greedy bastard. Oh yeah. I just, I wanted, I wanted all the, all the meat and potatoes. I just wanted everything. I just wanted to like, I wanted to know. It's like, yeah, you put this in her life. Oh, you put that one. In. Oh, yeah. I was like, I just wanted to do that throughout the entire movie. And it was like, and instead I was like, are, are they going to do this? Are, are they going uh, to? Paul so, wanted the Netflix series and not the movie. I did. Oh, he my did. God. I'm going to write in. Just Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm going to write in. Netflix series. I haven't watched a, uh, outside of the opening Ooh. couple episodes. I haven't watched any of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I fully admit it. I think part of it is me being uh, contradictory going, I shouldn't have to watch a TV series to help fill in the blanks on a movie series. But... Mm. Maybe that's part of it, and partly that first season was rough. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so yes. I don't know about wanting a series, but yeah. Uh, Andrew, how about you? You had an interesting topic uh, that you brought up uh, that I don't know if you want to bring up here now, uh, but uh, did you have something you wanted to bring to the group about Captain Marvel or uh, you know female superheroes? 
Oh, I don't know what it was that I had oh. brought up before. But I do, I do, I was thinking about something while we were talking though. If there had already been the Black Widow movie, would we have seen this uh, same reaction uh, to this movie that we have seen, or did really all Captain Marvel need to do was be surrounded by men and be wearing a fucking vacuum formed shirt with a zipper down in order for them to be okay? <laughs> no, no. Many of the the fanboys out there wanted her in the jumpsuit with the midriff. So um let's put it that let's put that out there too. <laughs> so what would you say paul you're being the fan i i would i would be okay with seeing her either way but uh <laughs> that was no that wasn't the question right no uh that, what was the question again let's talk about if, if the if it, if they had already made a if, if oh yeah they had already made black widow movie would would this should be you know like it is with this one i think it would have been uh people would have reacted differently because they would have um, thought that because she was already introduced, I think they would have treated it very much like Black Panther was like, yeah, we know the character. Now we want to know more about the character. And it would have done a disservice to Captain Marvel, though, because Captain Marvel deserves its own, you know, unique spin. Like, like Ant-Man got to do a heist film in the, in the cinematic universe. So this got to do a sci-fi, more grounded type of film. And I, I think if they would have done like, oh, let's introduce her in Infinity War first or, uh, well, we already had a Black Widow thing. So we're just going to introduce another character that's, you know, uh, mm -hmm. honestly, uh, I think people would have reacted differently. But that's just because of the way fans are and mm -hmm. how they react. It's like I think they're more comfortable to not change they're they're like set in their ways about certain things and and if you just introduce them a little bit at a time you know here's a Reese's pieces here's a Reese's pieces here's a Reese's pieces come on come and follow it uh, up up into Ain't my that amazing man these motherfuckers like they they there's so much like fantasy concepts that's like oh fine yeah you know yeah all this um, they, they have no problem accepting all this wild fantasy shit but they're so eh, when you change anything of it <laughs> It's so bizarre, isn't it? Well, Paul, I, I'm going to throw a caveat, though. Unless it's the DCEU, then they want everything laid out. They don't want oh. the little tidbits thrown in yeah, up there. But that's true. That's, true. <clears throat> that's completely different because, you know, we have two characters that we've seen 18 films on. But by God, where, why do we, you know, never mind. <clears throat> <laughs> you know what they should show sometime? Batman's parents getting killed. Yeah, that that'd be, be great. We haven't seen that before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lamont, what do you think? You dive into that. <laughs> Lamont, what do you, th do you think? Uh, do you think they would have received it differently had we maybe had the Black Widow film first? Uh, I don't know. It depends upon what type of story they wanted to do. Um, I think they would have been not less bashful in this particular being this is the first Marvel female-led film because we already had the Black Widow. Um, but then again, like I said, it all depends upon what type. If they told the same story, I think we would have the same reaction, but just not the bashing. Sure, mm. sure, that's that's well put. I, I agree. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have had the bashing. People wouldn't have probably been quite as aggressive towards it. We also uh, back then, white dudes hadn't quite lost their motherfucking minds the way they have right now in 2019. That's true. This so, is very true. We're talking maybe like six years ago. Yeah.
Probably. That that is that is very true. The the, <laughs> the psychotic level wasn't quite at fever pitch. No, it wasn't. Um, and actually, I, I know we're going a little late tonight, guys, but I, I do have the question because Andrew did bring it up uh, when he was talking to me about it. And uh, Captain Marvel is set in the 90s. It actually, if you look at it, it's handled like a 90s film in many ways, a 90s action film in a good way. We have people, uh, the geekdom especially, embraced a number of strong female characters, your Ripley, your Sarah Connor, your Trinity, uh, you know, along that lines, they've embraced those characters, but Captain Marvel, they seem to be stand offish with that, that, that fan base, that, that geek fan base. Uh, Do you think it's the way they're presented? Cause Andrew and I were touching on it when we talked about it. Uh, If you think about those other characters, they found their strength from a very traumatic experience that they were put into, but they started off not strong in all honesty. I mean, Sarah Connor, you know, it's about her getting her strength through experiencing the Terminator and Ripley really finds her strength while fighting the alien. But in the beginning, she, she's not that strong of a character, you know, here, everybody, Huh? Y'all are all gonna die. She did say we're all gonna she, die. It's a bad idea. She did. She told them. Well, in aliens, five of people dying. So listen. <laughs> well, well, at least by aliens, definitely she was her strength by then. But just like in Terminator Two, but for for these strong female characters that we've had in the past in genre films, they seem to suffer a, a trauma or have to go through some major trial before they get their strength. Here in Captain Marvel, we have a strong off the right off the bat female character do you think maybe it's the way that's been put in context and and how we're introduced to her do you think maybe that may be how some people are some of those fanboys who love the ripley characters are resistant to the captain marvel character because it's a female character that is strong like off the bat i mean and just gets stronger uh I hope that makes some sense. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Do you, do you think that it, it, you have to see her go through traumatic experiences in order to get her strength versus having a strong female character just get stronger? I don't know, man. How did Trinity start? Was she a badass right away? She, she was a badass, uh, but she had gone through realizing that she was a battery too. So yeah, uh, but, when know, she's, but when she's introduced, she was a badass. So I guess she, she might be an exception. It's, it's hard to know. I honestly think that fans of 80s shit, mm. they keep that shit in like a glass case. You know, that's why <laughs> it's, they start going downhill when they quit opening their toys. You know, <laughs> that causes a fucking psychotic breakdown when you don't open a toy. Don't, don't open a toy and don't buy it. That's cruelty. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, but some of it's the times too, because mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think the backlash is just from old guys. I think yeah. it's from young guys that feel attacked by, you know, anything that's not for white dudes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? They just feel like for everything's being forced on them. Anytime anyone gets anything, it's like, we have to accept this. They're making us. Yeah. And you can watch the thing again and again and again. Is no women in the motherfucker. <laughs> you know, just enjoy it. That's for you. You know, yeah. Watch it with your action figures. 
So I don't, but yes, it's a hard question, man, because you would really have to pull out female characters from now and other movies too and be right. like, all right, well, you know, did they accept Atomic Blonde? Did they accept Proud Mary? You know, you could like look at all of them. Other ones, Red Sparrow, you know, like all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have to kind of leverage it against like the most, the other successful ones. Right. And uh, there ain't many. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to yeah. say. Lamont, what about you? I, I hope my question is making uh, makes some sense. Do you think, though, maybe that uh, uh, you know that these folks who embrace these '80s characters or whatnot, they must see the female character go through this trials and tribulations before they they accept her being a strong character, or versus right mm, off the maybe, bat. Yeah, I think maybe they do have to see that in order to appreciate where the character comes from, and we don't get that here. I mean, she's already veers, even though she's not Captain Marvel, but she still veers. But she's still a very tough, static uh, warrior already. She hasn't gone through anything yet. We don't see her go through anything like that yet. So I'm pretty sure that's what the problem that they have with this particular character. Mm -hmm. Now, we see Ripley go through her stuff. We see uh, Sarah Connor go through her, her uh, trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. but we don't see that in Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, and Paul, what about you? I don't think it's necessary for them to go through the, the the whole trials and tribulations. I don't think that that is what a lot of the negative haters are are why they don't embrace this character mm -hmm. isn't because she is uh, she doesn't go through the trials and she doesn't go through the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will say that that that's the reason. But in reality, I think it's much more of they, they feel like they're being victimized by society for kind of holding on to a, a particular belief that doesn't match what today's society accepts as, you know, you should, you should be doing this, you should be, you should be more acceptant. And, and maybe they feel like that they don't, because they aren't doing that, uh, they're, they're feeling like, well, you're picking on me. You're picking on the things I like, so I'm going to say that, well, you, you don't follow this right model, and so logically I can say that, but in reality they just have this built-in negativity. Right. It's like I'm protecting you because I feel like a victim, and, mm -hmm. and I, I don't want to feel like a victim, and, and man, I think that's so you, part of it. So you know the level of bullshit that it is, man. Look up yeah. the Build-A-Bear of Captain Marvel yeah. ad. On Facebook, there's thousands, like thousands of people mad at Build a Bear. <laughs> what? <laughs> Man, go home with all of that shit. Mad at well, Build a Bear. Well, in in today's society now, in all honesty, uh, I, I I there was quote unquote lack of a better term baggage with Brie Larson from some of the press things she said in the real world that you know, struck a chord with that same group, uh, you know, stuff taken out of context or, or, you know, just again, felt, I think what Paul said, they felt victimized. And so it seeing the movie, it just adds to that. And yeah, I, you know, I don't need to see that. I, I like when they present a female character strong from the start. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love those characters as well in the eighties, but I didn't need that from her. I mean, especially from what everybody was talking about, Oh, they're doing captain Marvel. I'm like, I wanted to see a badass character right away. 
you know, I I wanted to see someone who could hold her own, and, and she's definitely she definitely is that. And it, again, I think if you took the characters and you made them male instead of female, you wouldn't have anybody having a complaint about how they were portrayed at all. I think because even with her relationship with Rambo, they they have a conversation that you know seems natural amongst friends, uh, but we're not quite used to seeing that type of dialogue with two female characters on the big screen in all honesty i mean we watch enough films you look at that dialogue that was just friends talking but there's a group of individuals out there i think that are being very vocal about against this film and all oh, the feminist agenda and all that when it's like no they're just presenting a story with these characters and the characters happen to be female but that is it's like yeah I, I dug the movie, and I think the haters, as we've all said, haters are going to hate, and I think some of them out there are just, if they're feeling attacked, yeah, go back down to your, your basement and, and watch the movies that you really love and just don't go to the theater anymore. Because, <laughs> or maybe don't, don't have to destroy things if you don't like it. Like It can no. still exist, man. No, what I mean, it, it boils back to the, the Ghostbusters thing. Whether or not you liked it or not, you could still grab the Ghostbusters off your shelf that you love and watch that 10, 20, 100 times. Yeah, them, that, them motherfuckers made me not want to watch that, actually. That film has not changed, you know? And so here, okay, you don't see Captain Marvel. All right, guys, if you're you're that feeling that victimized or whatever, don't go see it. You know what you're getting into. You're going to go into it already hating it and come out just so you can blabber on the online and yeah, plus out of all the injustice that's going on in the world today this the hill you want to die on is this kid's movie yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so i think we'll wrap it up tonight i hope folks enjoyed this little bit longer discussion on captain marvel uh it definitely has heated up the internet and the box office uh so good good on it uh, good to see that it's still making money uh and i i think uh, the next weekend is it will as well. So we'll have to see though, but I appreciate my panel's time tonight. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And now here is your license to shill. So Andrew, go ahead and tell folks where they can find you. At. Oh, hi. Hey man. I like talking to you guys. This was good, man. I hope it didn't take, like go ramble too much, man. This was cool. nah. I like that. We should have done this whole thing about blade though. <laughs> well, maybe we'll, about we'll, blade. We'll, we'll do an episode on blade. You want to an episode on blade? We probably would need to do all things. Oh, let's do one on bones. Man, I love bones. God damn. I was just telling somebody how good bones is people. Anyway. All right. So hey, you got me to watch Pootie Tang. So, you know, you know, you know, Andrew, I'll watch, I'll watch whatever you recommend, sir. Yeah. Um, I made you watch soul plane too. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh that was fun that was fun too so you gotta have a sense of humor man that's all i'm saying anyway uh so yeah my my friends and i here in athens georgia we make our own movies we're called gonzorific g-o-n-z-o-r-i-f-f-i-c and we've been making movies for a very very long time they're funny they can't be uh they're you know they're our own shit and so you can find us on instagram and on facebook and on amazon prime and on youtube wherever cheap cheesy movies are sold well put and mr paul go ahead sir uh you can catch me on uh some podcasts called film jerks uh trailer jerks and our new show called jerking off topics 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. All over on the Astro Radio Z network. Some great podcasts over there. Derek Carey putting in a lot of work as well as with Paul. Uh, you guys are doing great work over there, that's for sure. Um, but Film Jerks especially and Trailer Jerks, I dug that. Uh, it's great concept and jerking off topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> great title. Great shows. Make sure you check all that out, folks. And Mr. Lamont, please uh, show your stuff, sir. Yes, you will find me, The Horror Buys of Money G, on YouTube. Uh, I will be doing a results video from the night's Fastlane uh, pay-per-view tomorrow night. I should have that up and running. And then I'll probably have some more reviews coming up. Of course, I'll be reviewing Orton Peele's latest movie, Up. I mean, not Up, Us, in, a two, in about two weeks. Oh yeah, that her hearing good buzz about that, and actually that's on uh, that's for our VIP patrons on our Patreon page. They voted for us to be discussed, so that will be an exclusive Patreon discussion. Uh, if that wets anyone's whistle out there, to even head over there and just slide a couple of bills our way. Uh, lots of content, almost uh, eighty some or sixty some odd episodes of content over there. Uh, for you to listen to. So thank you very much, gentlemen. And, and now let's just say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. everyone. Watch bones. <laughs> watch bones. <laughs> yes, watch bones. In the world. Oh, so goddamn good, man. Hey, all my friends out there looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive Spoiler Room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the Spoiler Room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.